From WBEZ Chicago and the unrelenting March of Progress, this is Pleasure Town. In the late 1800s, two visionaries claimed a parcel of Oklahoma land. They had a dream to build a community for pleasure seekers. Before long, the settlement grew into a sanctuary for outlaws and artists. But after flourishing, it fell. Now, decades later, the town lies buried in the red dirt, but not even death can silence the residents' stories. So put on your headphones and hear their tales as we search for the compromise in Pleasure Town. We like to think that most stories have heroes and villains. But as you know, Sai, that's not true of all tales. Yeah, agreed. You and I filled both roles in our tenure as leaders of Pleasure Town. One day a savior, the next a scoundrel. True. People are a multitude of shades, and they tend to show the hue that best suits their immediate purpose. Yeah, now on that, Claude, we split. Now I tend to think of it more as a journey. Sure, we stumble from time to time, but each of us walks towards a particular horizon. Perhaps it's a bit of both. Perhaps. Take that Enid lady. (laughs) I'd rather not. But yes, like a chameleon she was. But she also crept toward a terminal destination. How much longer, Mr. Goose? Can't be more than an hour or so, madam. Then there's the carriage ride. Good. The sooner I conclude business here, the sooner I can move forward. I'm quite excited to see Pleasure Town. We aren't here to partake. You got a wandering eye, don't you, woman? What the hell did I do? Don't take me for a fool. I saw you smile when that fella tipped his hat. I did nothing of the sort, you jealous son of a bitch. Would you like me to intervene, madam? No. Don't I treat you good enough? You ungrateful cheat. damn it, he was just being polite, you crazy... I'll show you crazy. Madam, I really think we should... She needs to learn. Gregory, she needs to learn. This is no place for her. Her father coddled her from the moment she was born. The lucky dead bastard. She's our problem now. Gentlemen. Enid, yes, come in. 
thank you for agreeing to meet with me. Out of respect for your father. Yes, of course. But I'm positive that you will find my proposal to be beneficial to us all. As you all know, our region has seen an unprecedented rise in demand. Coal and oil shipping requests have gone up tenfold in the last few years alone. Now, with every major railway handing down contracts to regional companies like yours and mine... Just mine, Ms. Wallace. I don't recall the Santa Fe Railway offering you a contract. Yes, which leads me to my next point. With so many contracts being handed down, it's only a matter of time until we see overbuilding. Now, this will lead to an increase in available tracks and a rapid decline in profits for companies like ours. It's not just about who has the most expansive network, it's about who can build it the fastest. Every other regional railroad working independently is going to take the better part of a decade to set up their own lines. But if you, Morrison Smith, partner with my Wallace Railway Company, we can claim the largest railroad network in half the time of our closest competitor. The reward? Triple the amount of coal and oil shipments each month. I hardly think that is feasible. Not only will we be sharing some of our key lines, but building at such a rapid pace is unheard of. We'd have to convince countless towns to let us use their land, and that alone could take years. Well, gentlemen, that's easily solved by making sure that the specific townships we are choosing are in need You're of... living in a dream world if you think we can get enough towns on board to build from the west to the gulf while every other company is out there laying down real, meaningful track. If you'd only give me a second to go into detail, I'm certain that... Enough. We've heard the last of your plan, Ms. Wallace. How can you not see that? Let me tell you something, lady. This industry takes grit. It takes tenacity, and most of all, it takes power. Power that is completely absent from your sex. You want sympathy and courtesy? Return to the cushy drawing rooms where you belong. Because these ideas, your ideas, they have no place here. You may leave us now. (laughs) Did you see her lid quiver? (laughs) My, this place is lovely. Yes, it is quite the novelty. Far more interesting than the rest of the territory anyway. Which building is it? Town Hall. This one, I'd imagine. Good. Now go find us some lodging. I won't be long. Hi there. How can I be a help? My name's Enid Wallace. I'm looking for the two gentlemen who govern the township... I sent a telegram. Oh, yes, Miss Wallace. Uh, We received your message. Uh, Besiris Jehobs at your service, madam. My counterpart, Claude Ledoux, is in the other room. In the meantime, please do come in. So, uh, what what do you think of our small hamlet? All I've seen so far is you. And for that, I I apologize. May, May I get you something to eat or drink? Thank you, but no. God damn it all to hell! Oh, my apologies. I wasn't aware that we were expecting a woman. The telegram was signed Ms. Wallace. Oh, well, I I meant a woman as beautiful as you. I assume this is Claude. Should I come back at another time? I'm afraid another time will be just the same. I see. Well, you've received my telegram, so you know why I'm here. The railroad. My railroad. Your railroad? So you'll be building it yourself. Well, (laughs) Not often you see such a delicate thing getting her hands dirty. May we sit? Of course, uh, of course. 
I might not be rolling up my sleeves in the way you are thinking, sir, but I can assure you the planning of a railroad is a dirty business. Deals must be struck, compromises must be made, and sometimes the track has to veer off the planned path into unexpected territory. But the reward is worth the journey. When that final nail is struck, my name will be on it, and yours too, if you accept what I am offering. I find my interests don't extend to a nail struck somewhere at the end of the tracks. They reside here in Pleasure Town. What can you offer these people? Progress. <laughs> Ma'am, Pleasure Town is about as progressive as it gets. Progress can mean many things to many people, Miss Wallace. The way I see it, progress is railroad jobs for your citizens. Progress is the substantial payments we will make to Pleasure Town to lease your land. Progress is the extra capital that will come in with the influx of visitors. The last thing we need is more people. Pleasure Town has enough personality to fill St. Louis. What we have here is untainted by the progress that you're pitching. I can't see how opening up this town to the world from which our residents escaped is a step in the right direction. And as far as money is concerned, we may be broke, but we ain't begging neither. What we do possess is a wealth derived from the freedoms afforded to our citizens. I understand now, gentlemen. This is a matter of legacy, not for yourselves, but for the culture you've established here. A noble endeavor indeed. We'd like to think so. I beseech you to think of the souls who have built their lives upon your foundation of smiles and constant denial. Now hold on. Where will they go when, without a stable source of income, this foundation crumbles? Crumbles? What makes you so quick to think the Pleasure Town's gonna fall to pieces? It's an assessment based on you, Mr. Claude. If your current state is indicative of the state of this town, then you will know better than most the search for pleasure comes at a substantial cost. Your town's consumption is not sustainable. You will falter without the established economy provided by my tracks. Just who do you think you are? Just who do you think you are barging in here like that? As far as you're concerned, Mr. Morris, you're superior. Excuse me? Are you familiar with the Santa Fe Railway? Of course you are. They were granting you the contract that would fund your expansion. Were? Yes, were, Mr. Morris. Past tense. What the hell are you talking about? Any moment now, one of your men is going to come through that door with a telegram from the Santa Fe Railway informing you that they have decided to grant the contract to another company. My company, Mr. Morris. You're insane. There's no way the Santa Fe would grant you my contract. Fortunately for me, they are only concerned with cost and benefit. It was simple enough to convince them that I could get the job done faster and cheaper than you. Sir, this telegram just came in from Santa Fe. What's she doing here? Leave us. What? I said leave us. You'll still need my infrastructure to get the job mm. done. Ah, uh, quite right, Mr. Morris. I'll never let you use my tracks. On the contrary, you'll give them to me and for 60% of what you normally charge. And why the hell would I do that? Because if you don't, I'll simply send an inquiry to Beltway Rail. I'm sure they'd be more than happy to partner, once I make my case. Admittedly, their route isn't as direct as yours, but the result will still be the same. The Santa Fe isn't the only company handing out contracts. Morris and Smith will secure another and build a network that, that will, will have finally accomplished what my company and Beltway Rail will have already achieved several years prior. <laughs> if your business hasn't been halved by then, that is. Don't look so glum, Alfred. Rising tides and all that. I do promise to make you a very wealthy man. Here, have a drink. Your lip is quivering. Just who do you think you are? 
You come in here pretending not to notice the mud on your fancy shoes, but I know it's driving you crazy. You can't wait to get what you need from us and get the hell out of Dodge. Nothing but a bull in a dress, careless of what you're trampling over. I will not apologize for my blunt words, gentlemen. Now I can't imagine how difficult it is to manage a township, let alone one as unique as yours. But in order to preserve the culture you've established and the liberties afforded to your people, you must make compromises. With all due respect, I fear such compromise will quickly sully our vision. The last thing I want is for our town to become a thing not worth preserving. I've given you my argument as it is, tough but fair. I do see that your hesitation stems from a place of honest love for what you've built. As a builder myself, that I can reconcile. But what I can't reconcile is the resistance and resentment you seem to harbor towards change. Make no mistake, gentlemen. Evolution will come to Pleasure Town with or without your approval. If you don't take the necessary steps to maintain what you've built, your citizens will. Well, we'll see about that. Thank you very much for your time, gentlemen. I hope that the frankness of my words won't deter you from shaking my hand. Not in the slightest, madam. The passionate and earnest manner in which you've argued for your proposal is much appreciated, as is your taking the time to make the journey here. As for the proposal itself, well... We have much to consider. Mr. Ledoux? Yeah. Thanks for coming. Pleasure Town will return in a moment. That meeting with the founders? That was the first real hint that this town shouldn't have been disturbed or provoked. There were certainly more hints after that. Even now, I don't know why I barrel past every one of them. The thrill of the challenge, perhaps? Before this cursed town, I had nothing but success on my visits. Most mayors were eating out of my hand within the first meeting, their residents chomping at the bit for my money, ready to be part of the brave new future I offered. After that unfortunate meeting, it became clear I needed the support of the people of Pleasure Town. Let them decide. That inn. Her inn. It was a sight better than the town hall, I'll give it that. But it was still dismal compared to anything back home. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Your inn is quite the oasis. A peaceful haven away from all the bustling outside. Are you the proprietress? I am. She was the picture of efficiency. Her hair pulled into a neatly coiled bun, fingernails paired short and evenly, and her day dress was perfectly fitted, though the stitches were uneven. She either chose or needed to make her own clothing. Clearly, she took pride in her appearance, but she was also thrifty. The mail basket at her elbow was teeming with bills from what I could see, yet she carried herself with a certain dignity, so she had the will, but not the means. She was ripe for the picking. 
Excellent. My name is Enid Wallace of the Wallace Railway Company. Tell me, is there a parlor where we could speak more comfortably? I'm visiting on business that concerns all of the people of this lovely town, and the more citizens I meet and get to know, the better. Here in the foyer is fine, and be brief. I prefer to be available for my paying guests. Ah, well, that is easily remedied. I am one. My valet was here earlier, procuring our rooms while I attended to other matters. Do you need me to sign? Not ruffled in the least, this woman retired to the guest ledger, watching me from her periphery. Her movements were not graceful so much as rote from years of repetition. When she turned the ledger around for my signature, she leveled her gaze on me, and unlike the two headstrong fools I'd recently parted with, I welcomed her forthright appraisal. I trusted her to gather I was much more than some passing salesman. I squared my shoulders. This part of the dance I knew by heart. In three deliberate steps, I was at her desk. I matched her appraising look and flashed her a smile. I lifted the proffered pen and inked my name in the same flourish with which I'd signed it a thousand times, only this time bigger, taking up two lines on the ledger. Enid Wallace. Pleased to have you at my humble inn, Miss Wallace. Your rooms are upstairs and to the left. Thank you, Amelia. Her eyes narrowed a hair's breadth. I'd read her name off of a receipt in the mailbasket. Always know more about your prospect than they do about you. Now that we've dispensed with the necessary transactions, I shall respect your time by coming directly to the point. The people of this town speak highly of you. I had spoken to no one. You have a beautiful establishment. Relatively speaking. And I can see the care you've put into your services and the pride you take in what you've built. What you have accomplished here is no small feat. This... Was true. However, your floorboards are packed with talcum powder to ease their creaking. Your drapes are arranged to conceal where they are sun-bleached. And your lace trim, while impeccably clean, is a decade out of style. If I can gather all of that standing at your threshold, Miss Amelia, you have a problem. Clearly, your inn enjoyed a few strong years in the beginning, but the last several have not been as kind. Repairs and decorating are expensive, and particularly worrisome when there is no cash to pay for them. What are you selling? This is not a sale. This is a friendly offer. What an establishment like yours deserves is more clientele, and of a higher class. You have a strange way of showing friendship. Either you think my inn is shabby with bad curtains and old lace, or you think it deserves rich patrons like you. Which is it? Amelia, you simply won't believe what just happened. Florence thought she could fool Evie with that set of false teeth she got from Bulger's, but Evie knew it! Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I've interrupted. It's fine, Remy. I'll... I'll just be upstairs then. So you have at least one other paying guest... I noticed your ledger's entries looked rather light. Do you read all hotel ledgers while you sign them? I read anything I sign my name to. Come to your point. Amelia, how much more business would your inn see if Pleasure Town had its own train station? Imagine your foyer brimming with guests, your dining room overflowing with contented chatter, all because Pleasure Town gained its own stop on the newest and most successful railway. Built by Wallace Railway Company. Is that happening? I most certainly hope so. When? That all depends. On what? On the citizens of this town. I don't like being sold to. I know you have worked hard to get to where you are. So have I. And if there were a way to get a station here without having to go door to door, without having to convince every man, woman, and child that I want to give you money just to put tracks on your land, it would make my visit a hell of a lot easier. But this is what I have to do, and I'm willing to do it because it is a smart opportunity for me and for Pleasure Town. 
So I am starting by talking with the smartest, the strongest, and the best. Don't patronize me. You should have gone to town hall. I did. Your founders would not see reason. But my failure with them is nothing compared to what Pleasure Town will suffer if this opportunity passes you by. Your leaders started a community they can't sustain, and you're hurting for it. All of you are. I promise you, Amelia, without help, things will only get worse. God help me. I meant every word I said. I don't know why you should care so much what I think. All it takes is a few respected citizens speaking in favor of this enterprise. Think about it. You could help save this town. You do not have to give me an answer now, but please do think about it. You have so much to gain from this. Everybody here does. I have things to do. We can talk later, if I have time. By all means, it's been a pleasure. For the second time that day, I had walked away without the guarantee I needed. But in that strange town that was dying from the inside out, I had found my challenge. Unlike the founders, the owner of that inn had reckoned me. The bristly, fierce pride in her bones reminded me of myself. She had that unapproachable air about her, yes, but I could tell. She had a nose for opportunity, and that meant room for negotiation. Everybody has a pressure point. Finding hers was almost too easy. Stoic as she was, she hadn't been able to hide how much she craved monetary comfort. Not extravagance or heady riches, just enough to free her from creditors and from worry. I saw how badly she wanted it in the tightness of her jaw. I'd planted a seed in hungry soil, though she may not give over easily. I wanted to stay, to watch firsthand how my persuasion slowly took root in her. But time was not on my side. I had a great deal of convincing to do. If there were more like her in Pleasure Town, this particular harvest would be hard won but worth the wait. This train don't carry no gamblers, this train. This train don't carry no gamblers, this train. This train don't carry no gamblers, no hypocrites, no midnight ramblers. This train don't carry no gamblers, this train. There are many things that raised my ire when I was alive, but the look on her face when they broke ground on the railroad, every time I thought about it, my blood boiled. By that time, you and I had checked out of running things. Wasn't much fight left in us to pull the brakes. Seems that everything she set her mind to, she accomplished. Yeah, until she didn't. Town listeners, this is Emily Modaf, senior producer of the show. Thanks so much for tuning in to the third episode of our third season. If you liked what you heard today, feed our ravenous egos by letting us know on iTunes or connect with us on social media via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. If you want to continue to hear great audio drama, consider donating to our Kickstarter. 
Your donations will help us pay our incredible collaborators, and more importantly, most importantly, it will help us buy a very sleek IKEA shelf to place our single Parsec Award on. You can learn more about our Kickstarter at www.pleasuretownshow.com. And now to thank the wonderful people who made this episode possible. This episode of Pleasure Town was written by Brady Guy, Lizzie Seidenstricker, and Gwen Fulcher, and performed by Susan Messing, Tyler Green, Chris Higgins, Gwen Fulcher, Alex Blanchett, Keith Ecker, Aaron Cahoe, Melissa Dupree, and Eve Rounds. Our executive producers are Keith Ecker and Aaron Cahoe. Our senior producer is me, Emily Modaff, and our associate producers are Joe Courtney, Brady Guy, Colin Wright, and Lizzie Seidenstricker who, stoic as she was, hadn't been able to hide how much she craved monetary comfort. Don't we all? Our staff writers are Gwen Fulcher and Sean Paris. Original music was composed and performed by River Rising's Megan Diger and Tim Hazen, and engineered by Colin Ashmead Bobbitt. Pleasure Town is an ever-growing interactive narrative which relies on your creativity, your imagination, and especially your voice to expand the legend. Find out how you can join the story at PleasureTownShow.com. This has been a production of WBEZ Chicago.